You're listening to The Voluntary Life, where you can hear ideas for finding freedom in an unfree world. Visit thevoluntarylife.com to connect with the show and hear all past episodes. Here's your host, Jake. Hi, it's Jake here. Welcome to The Voluntary Life. This week's episode is about personal freedom, and I want to share with you an idea that comes from the book How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World by Harry Brown. And it's an idea called The Identity Trap. I've talked about Harry Brown a number of times on this podcast. He was an investment advisor and he wrote a book about the permanent portfolio, which is the approach that I take to investing. But he also wrote a lot about personal freedom. He was a libertarian and he wrote a book called How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, which again, I've mentioned before on this uh, podcast. And I also did a book review of that book, a discussion with a group of people a long time ago. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. The book had a big influence on me, as I've spoken about before, but it's a long time since I read that book. And I know that there are some ideas in the book that I have a different perspective on now as well. And some things that I disagree with, but I still think the ideas are very useful and very interesting. So I'm going to share some of them with you as individual episodes, and I'll share the ideas as Harry described them, and then I'll provide you with some of my own thoughts and my own commentary on these ideas. And that's what I'm going to do in this episode with an idea that Harry Brown called the identity trap. And for this idea, I've actually found a clip of Harry talking about this himself. So I'm going to let Harry Brown describe this idea to you first, and then I'll share my thoughts on it. So here's Harry Brown talking about the identity trap. I wrote How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World to demonstrate that by following unrealistic premises, we give up a tremendous amount of freedom of our own free will, if you can stand the irony that on our own, without any nudge from the government whatsoever, we managed to give away a great deal of the freedom that we could have. And so I built the book around three sections. The first part is a series of traps. And I defined a trap as being something that has three elements. First of all, it is an assumption that is widely held by people. Secondly, it is not true. At least, it should, I think it's not true if you examine it very closely. And third, it inhibits your freedom. By accepting this premise, this trap, you are giving up a great deal of your freedom. The most basic trap of all is what I call the identity trap. And that is the belief that you should be something other than what you are that you must be the kind of person that other people expect of you, that you must live up to an ideal that somebody else states. And this can be in big ways, going into the business that your family has set out for you. Or it can be in small ways, being in a conversation out here in the foyer and saying what you think people expect you to say rather than what you really believe. I mean, there are huge, huge violations of the identity trap, and there are very trivial ones. But they are the most common kind of of trap, and they're at the root pretty much of all the others. There are other traps as well, but they all revolve around these three basic elements, and that is that they are widely held beliefs that on closer examination will not stand up and in some way or other inhibit your own freedom of action so that you are not living the kind of life that you can imagine would be better for you. Now, I begin the book with three basic premises in discussing the identity trap. 
The first is the realization that every individual, by nature, by virtue of being a human being, is pursuing happiness. And what do I mean by happiness? Well, happiness can be defined almost any way that you choose to do so, and you can reach a whole lot of conclusions depending on the way you define it. But really, happiness, I think, is very simple. It is the feeling of well-being, a mental feeling that we get. Now, happiness can come from watching a good movie. Happiness can come from making love. Happiness can come from reading a good book or listening to good music. Happiness can come from doing good works. Happiness can come from making a million dollars. Happiness can come from all different kinds of things. But what they all have in common is that they all give the person who has done these, this particular thing the feeling of well-being as opposed to a feeling of discomfort or anxiety or uh, unfulfilledness or whatever it may be. The second premise is that every individual is different, that what will provide happiness for one person will not necessarily provide happiness for another. And, of course, this is a very important realization concerning the identity trap. It is why it is the, the falling into the identity trap that gets your mother to say, if you just live this way, you will be happy. Take it from me. This is what I did. And it worked out perfectly. I'm happy. You don't see me unhappy, so forth and so on. So why can't you do this and be happy, too? Because I'm not you, mother. And... Fortunately, I didn't have a mother like that, but I've seen enough movies about Jewish mothers to to know how common it is. Um, But you get the point. The third premise is, and this, I may not have the best terminology in the world, so forgive me if there's a little bit of ambiguity in it, and that is you control only yourself. Now, by that I mean that really what it comes down to is you cannot think and make decisions for other people. You can only hope to influence other people by creating alternatives that you hope will lead them to choose one thing over another. Now, the alternatives that you create may be sticking a gun in the person's rib, but he still will decide whether he wants to risk death uh, and uh, or obey you or whatever. Uh, or the alternatives that you may create will be offering him money or being a good person, uh, helping that person, whatever it may be. But the point is that he will still make the final decisions. And the irony is that if you think you're going to control others, you wind up being controlled by them. That when you decide that you must control your son, for example, or your business partner or somebody else, you give up control to that extent over your own life. Because now you must pay attention to everything that person does. Now you must follow that person around and stop him every time he's going to do the wrong thing. Now you must react every time he acts. You must respond in some way. And you are no longer initiating the action in your life. You are now a passive person who is responding to what that person is activating from one thing to the next. And so you have in the process given up control over your own life by trying to control others. So that was Harry Brown talking about the identity trap. 
So just to summarise what Harry was saying there, there are many widely held beliefs that are untrue that if you adopt them, they will inhibit your freedom. So you can be more free by being critical of these ideas. And a very important one that he talks about is the identity trap. And that is the belief that you should be someone other than yourself or that you should be the person that others expect you to be rather than who you really are. And Harry says that the other side of that belief the other side of the identity trap, is the assumption that others will do things in the way that you would. So he makes these three points about the identity trap. He calls them three premises. And he says the first premise is that every individual is pursuing happiness in their own way. And the second premise is that every individual is different and that what makes each person happy will be different depending on their own individuality and their own personal character. And his real conclusion from that premise is that you have to determine for yourself what the right way for you to live is, what your beliefs and values are, and not adopt the ideas that others have for you, at least not adopt them unquestioningly. You have to choose for yourself what you want from your life. And just as you have to choose for yourself what the best way for you to live is, he also makes the point that you can't be free if you try and control others and try and get them to behave in the way that you want them to behave or to expect of them that they should behave in the same way that you do. You can't get them to want the things that you think they should want. You have to recognise what they actually do want themselves and not force your own expectations on other people. Broadly speaking, I think this is a great statement of personal responsibility and personal freedom and focusing on the things that you can control and not trying to control other people. And I think it's great to address the difference between what other people in your life think you should be versus who you really are yourself and what your true values, thoughts and feelings are, as opposed to what other people think your values, thoughts and feelings ought to be. Now, I have some philosophical quibbles with the way that Harry Brown describes this identity trap. For example, just saying everyone's different and everyone wants different things misses out on some of the things that are universal about human beings, which I think is important. You know, We can communicate with each other because we do have shared ways of thinking, in particular rationality. But that's a separate discussion and it's not important compared to the main point that Harry's making about choosing your own life for yourself. I really appreciate him identifying this trap, this identity trap, and focusing on the idea that you are the one making yourself unfree if you accept what other people think you should be and try and live up to other people's views of what your life should be about, and that it's up to you to change it, to change your own life. And by the same token, to stop trying to change others and stop trying to control other people. You can seek to persuade and to influence people, but trying to control other people is actually going to end up making you less free. And I really appreciate all of that. I think these are very useful things to think about. But there are two key questions that Harry Brown doesn't really address when talking about this identity trap. And I think they're the most important questions for you to address if you want to break free of the identity trap. These are the ones that I think have been most important to me. The first question is, where does this identity trap come from? Where are these ideas out there about who I should be and what my life should be about that are different from my own preferences and values and choices? And Harry Brown doesn't really go into that. You heard him in the clip. He mentioned the case of a mother saying to her child, this is what you should do to be happy. But he doesn't really talk about where these traps come from. Who sets the trap? 
and puts up these expectations about what you should think, what you should feel, who you should be, and how you should live your life. And there are many answers to that question. You know, we could look at the from the big scale, looking at the world around you, you can see that the media gives you all sorts of messages about who you should be. Uh, the government gives you all sorts of messages about what you should do and what you should believe in. Your circle of friends, the partner or spouse that you've chosen in life. And going back and getting closer to home, there are the messages that you received as a child. There are all the things that you were taught in school. And most deeply of all, there's what your parents taught you. I think that your parents are by far the most important source of the identity trap. If you have a difference between ideas that you think you should live up to and a person that you think you should be, and they're not the same ideas as who you really are, I bet you it's your parents that were the root of that distinction. I know it certainly was for me. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Harry Brown chose off the cuff in that clip that I played. He chose the example of a parent to uh, illustrate this identity trap. And the reason I think this is that parents are so important is because we instinctively look to our parents for guidance about how to survive in, in this world and in this life. We get our values and our ideas and our worldview from our parents. And that's why the default position that everyone has is to find a way to make the world fit within the values and paradigm and worldview that they learned in childhood from their parents. I think about this a lot at the moment because I am a parent now and I think about the responsibility that we have towards my daughter. And I read a parenting book recently, which really brought this to mind for me. And in this book, there are lots of parenting ideas and parenting tips. And one of the ideas in the book was about helping your children with transitions. I think they were talking about the transition from sleeping in the same room to sleeping in a separate room, but it might've been about potty training I don't remember what transition it was talking about. The basic idea was that as parents, if you want to help through your child through a transition, one way that you can do this is to create a personalized bedtime story where you take pictures of your child and you make this book. And it's a book. Let's say that we're talking about potty training. It's a book which explains to your child. Let's say you have a son whose name is John. It explains, you know, here's John, he's a baby and he wears nappies. And then one day John's going to be bigger and he's not going to need nappies anymore because he's going to use the potty. And this is what happens when you get bigger. You stop wearing nappies and you say when you want to go to the toilet and then you use the potty. And so it's a way of helping your child through this transition by giving them a sense of the roadmap ahead of what, what is going to happen for them and, and what the way forward is. But what I found funny about this idea, just looking at it, was that it's basically propaganda. You're creating a little book to essentially, in a benevolent way, brainwash your child into behavioral change. You're, you're saying this is what's ahead and this is how it's going to work. And I'm not saying there's anything particularly wrong with this example. I just want to make the point that in a million little ways, you are responsible for teaching your children about how the world works, about what human beings do and about how we live. And consequently, that's your most important source of identity as a child is what your parents say to you. Now, Harry Brown didn't really go into that. And this, he just made a general point. There's a difference between what other people think you should be and what you yourself want from life. But I think it's worth evaluating who are these other people who want different things for you or expect different things of you. And I suggest that the most important source of any differences is going to be the one closest to home, which is going to be your parents. 
that was where the identity trap was most important for me, was thinking about the difference between what, what my parents chose about life and what I choose for myself. I started out from the view that marriage was kind of an antiquated institution, a little bit ridiculous and old-fashioned and pointless. And now I'm married and it's actually very important to me and meaningful to me to be married. I started out with the idea that to do good in this world, I should be highly political and active in politics. And now I'm completely against politics and I see politics as being irredeemably corrupt and vicious. And I think the way to do good in life is through civil society. Those differences that I described to you are difference between the ideas that my parents had about life and my own values that I have come to understand. And that's where I think you're going to find real value if you want to think about the identity trap. But it's very painful and difficult to evaluate the values of your parents and the choices and decisions of your parents. Now, there are obviously other sources of ideas floating around about who you should be that may differ from who you really are. And I think school is another very important one. And I should imagine that if you went to a boarding school, that would be even more significant an influence on you and your identity because you spend significantly more time as a child in school than somebody who just went, went to a, a regular day school like I did, for example. But the point I want to make is that if you're thinking about the identity trap and the difference between what other people think you should be and who you really are, I think the key question is, who are we talking about? What other people are we talking about? And it's worth considering all the different ideas out there about who you should be, what you should think and what your values are compared to yourself but it's very easy to think about things like the media, the government, society at large, because that's kind of impersonal and not as deep-rooted. Whereas I think it's more beneficial to really go back and think about your own family and your parents and their ideas. And if you do think you have expectations of yourself and who you should be that are not true to yourself, that's the place that I would start looking to identify where they come from. That brings me to my second question. This is really a question that I would ask Harry Brown because he died many years ago. But if I were to ever meet Harry, I would ask him, what are the most important sources of identity traps and how do you evaluate which ones are more important? That was my first question. But I'd also ask him the second question, which is how do you determine what your true self is compared to this identity trap of what other people believe you should be? Because Harry just sort of states it as a difference. There are these ideas that others have about who you should be and how you should live. And they may not be the same as what the ideas that you have about what you want from life, who, who you really are, and what's really going to make you happy. And I think that's actually a really hard struggle to determine who you are and what you truly believe in and what, what your core values are, what your ideals are, and what you want from life, what's going to make you happy. We're talking about how you obtain self-knowledge because it's very hard to critically evaluate all the expectations that people around you and your family or even in society at large. Very, it's very hard to evaluate those expectations and identify ones that you don't really believe in, that aren't really coming from you. Harry Brown almost sort of seems to say you should just trust yourself. And speaking from personal experience, it's actually a really hard struggle. Self-knowledge isn't something that you snap your fingers and, and get. It's not like you go for a walk on the beach and then you just know exactly who you are and what you truly want. At least in my experience, I had to struggle very hard with these ideas to identify what was true to myself 
and what beliefs I had just taken on because they were beliefs that I absorbed from other people. I think it's a little bit of an omission from the way that Harry Brown describes this identity trap, not to also say, by the way, this is a long, hard struggle to break free of the identity trap. Finding out who you really are is very difficult. Speaking for myself, it is an ongoing struggle to make sure that I'm being true to myself. And I know I'm perfectly capable of deluding myself about things that I want and the person that I am. It's actually quite easy for me to bullshit myself. I find it hard work to stay true to myself, but it's an absolutely worthwhile thing to do because staying true to yourself and being the person that you really are, as opposed to the identities that other people want to put on you, is being really alive. So I would phrase it slightly differently from Harry, rather than saying, you know, get out of the identity trap, just stop believing that you should be what other people think you should be and choose to be the person that you really are. Rather than saying that, I would say, get ready for the long and difficult journey of breaking from the identity trap. A journey that you can make a lot of progress on, but it's probably a lifetime's journey as well. And it's an extremely painful one sometimes, but it is incredibly worthwhile because this journey is the journey of really being alive and really being the person that you are. Thank you for listening to The Voluntary Life. If you have feedback about the show, please email jake at thevoluntarylife.com. If you enjoyed this program, please share the podcast with your friends or click the donate button on thevoluntarylife.com.